Francisco 49 is deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurst, stiff form going 99. Don't get it twisted, one and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline. NDB, greatest owner of all time. Groovy, Walgreens, Bill Belichick, where all students of Bill Walsh don't ever forget. Welcome to the 49er Faithful UK show. So a week of excitement surrounding the trade for Christian McCaffrey ends in a dismal 44-23 home beatdown at the hands of the Kansas City Chiefs. While all four of us did predict a Niners loss, I don't think any of us thought we'd ship six TDs and over 500 yards of offence to a Chiefs team that showed exactly what top offensive play calling and a genuine Super Bowl contender actually look like. While there's no need to panic or shame from losing to a Bills uh, to a Chiefs side who wanted to flush away their week six loss to the Bills, it was the manner of the defeat that is once again pretty hard to take. I'm Gareth Ellis and joining me for the group therapy, it's Councillor Hope. Doesn't feel great, Gareth. Professor Esme. Hi, hello. And Dr. Gowland. Hey guys. <laughs> No. Threw me off with the professor here. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> For the second week in a row, we were comprehensively outcoached and outplayed on both sides of the ball. I'm going to keep it simple, lads. Uh, break it down. Where did it all go wrong? Uh, Naji, I'm pretty sure you've got something to say. Uh, oof, I've, lo- I've got lots to say. Where did it go wrong? Uh, I think uh, we actually presented it pretty well. We just couldn't match up what Casey could do on offense. They just uh, they just marched downfield and schooled us on on offense or their offense, our defense. Um, we just couldn't get off the field on third down, even if that third down was twenty blooming yards. <laughs> um, and uh, apart from the first turnover, uh, we just couldn't generate any pressure. We couldn't we, we sacked him once. Um, so yeah, a lot went wrong and. I don't think it's necessarily our fault. I think it just shows the uh, ultimate class that the Chiefs have and why I always reference them when I talk about where we want to be and what we want to do. Um, there was a lot. Coaching was much better on their side. Uh, playing was much better on their side. Um, but yeah, there's some positive too that we can try and dig up. I th- you know, Especially I think the the beginning of the game was pretty electric and pretty nice feeling. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, we'll break down bit by bit. But I think it was just outclass and outmatch, really. Lee? Yeah, so, so listen to what Nadja just said there. I kind of have a question. So do you think we were actually beaten by a significantly better team? Or do you think it was a bad day at the office? Uh, I think... I think they had an extremely good day. Everything that could go well for them did go well for them. Uh, again, apart from the first pick, um, and I, th- I think we had a bad day too, uh, but not necessarily the worst day we've had. We've played far worse. Uh, last week we played much worse than we did on Sunday. Uh, I thought, um, but I think we're missing some key pieces, and it's it's really starting to show. And uh, we're adding. New players coming back from injuries that aren't quite up to speed, and that showed too. I think, um, I think, yeah, a little bit of both, I would say. Um, but they are the office. But I, th- I think the Chiefs just went; they were almost perfect. So you know, it's hard to beat that. Yeah, so I'd, I'd agree with that. I think the Chiefs did turn up. The Chiefs played exceptionally well. They had a really good game plan on defense. Uh, sorry, on offense to neutralize our defense, and it worked really well for them. 
as far as as far as what we look like, so we jokingly said, let's just stick to the first ten minutes of the game because that was positive. <laughs> and to be honest, I, I kind of like I kind of like that idea. We're not going to do that idea. Just put that to bed. We're not going to do that. We will talk about the uh, the good and the bad. But let's just start off with that first ten minutes. When we saw Christian McCaffrey run with the ball, I am sure every single Niner fan were unbelievably excited because he's only been in the uh, in the stadium for two days. He's only been in camp two days, and what he did and what he looked like when we gave him the ball suddenly our run game was back. Not only was our run game back, but it also opened up the likes of Kittle and Ayuk. And all of a sudden, we we looked as though we were a force on on offense. Obviously. That soon came to a halt when Jimmyisms came out <laughs> and uh, raised its ugly head. But I think I think there was definitely positives to see from some of the early exchanges on offense. Defense, Najee said, we've got a couple of pivotal pieces missing. I've mentioned it in um, one of the group threads that uh, Neil Graham started. Eric Armstead and Yvonne Kinlaw are huge missing pieces for us. And both Ridgeway and Givens don't seem to be cutting it at all. They're getting turned over time and time again. And and overall, that game was won and lost at the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. And we were dominated, unfortunately. Absolutely. Paul, can you bring yourself to comment? Well, Lee's just stole my thunder with that last line because the very easy answer is like what Lee said, Gareth. It feels like the last two games... We've lost because we got outclassed in the trenches. We've lost the battle at the line of scrimmage. We all said on the first night show what we wanted to see was consistency, mistake-free football. And Nadji, when you mentioned that that play to Jet McKinnon, you know, third and twenty, I didn't Jet think McKinnon. I could hate a player as much as I yeah. used to hate Richard Sherman at the Seahawks. But Jet McKinnon is up there, and I thought, yeah. why did it have to be him? And Tracy was like, yeah. why are you shouting at the telly? I was like, anybody but him, third and 20. And then the third and 15 to MVS, why we were in zone. And Mooney Ward, he's normally better in press coverage. And he, like you said, Nadia, I don't think he should have been out there. So I think it showed on that play. But like Lee said, Armstead has been a massive miss. And when you look at the run game, we just can't stop it. I mean, that was the worst loss in the Carl Shanahan era defensively. You know, like you said, Gareth, at the start of the show, they put 30 points in us in the second half, 532 yards. So I can understand why the mood in the group today has probably been a little bit, is it time for a change? Do we need to question Kyle Shanahan? And I think we don't normally record till a Tuesday. And obviously this is Monday night, but I think we did need this group therapy today, Gareth. Um, It was a difficult watch. I mean, going back to what Lee said with my red and gold tinted glasses on, Christian McCaffrey looked greatly. You are definitely right. As soon as he touched that ball, that first run, and he made that cut, and he he seemed to get like 10, 15 yards. But they couldn't put him in on the third downs because obviously he hasn't had time to get up to speed with the protections and with the playbook. But what we did see on those eight carries that he had, he's looking every bit, the CMC, that we were very bullish about, especially you two on the show you did with that uh, the chap from America, which I do have to say... It was a great show. I listened to that this morning whilst at work. I thought that was absolutely brilliant. So well done, Gareth. Uh, sorry, Lee and Nadji. <laughs> You're welcome. 
Yeah, ho- hopefully Jason's getting over COVID now because he-, he didn't sound yeah. very well at all. He did. It was and, yeah, I-, I thought it was a super effort for him to yeah. actually come on the show. Um, so once again, Jason, if you're actually listening, I hope you've recovered, Matt. Yeah, indeed. All the best. Um, yeah, well, Gareth, I don't know if you want to... Let's talk about this first 10 minutes because I think it's quite interesting to talk about it. We looked, We looked like... Uh, possessed almost. It didn't look like us uh, every time McCaffrey was in. Um, very electric, very I don't know, there was a weird aura about the team which was very nice to uh, to witness and, and everything. I think everybody in the stadium was absolutely going bonkers every time he came on and every time he came off as well booze and everything. Um, yeah, I found it really interesting because you know, 8 carries 38 yards isn't amazing. It's not bad, but it's not amazing. And Jeff Wilson at seven for 54, that's a lot better. Um, but that's my point and my question now is, we looked pretty good in that first 10 minutes running the ball. Why did we go away from it again? Yeah, more so as well, Nadji, when you said there, McCaffrey, it, it was only a small sample size, but it was 6.2 yards per touch. Yeah. And obviously there was the one when he was in the slot and he, and he caught the ball. And he is the best back Carl Shanahan's had, but... Yep, yeah, those first 10 minutes, chaps, I was sat at home thinking, we're beating the Chiefs 10-0. This is easy, this. <laughs> Jimmy was looking quite good, for want of a better word. But uh, to be fair, Gareth, I did groan that all of our bold predictions soon come crashing down to haunt us. So how did you feel, Gareth, it was won and lost on Sunday? Well, I think that the first 10 minutes was good. Uh, and then, again, we kicked the field goal and... I think we talked about this. Field goals aren't going to be enough to to beat the Chiefs. Where was that uh, aggressiveness and going with the momentum where we'd move the ball? Everybody was fired up for it. We get into third down and and kick the field goal. Um, I can't remember what the doubt the distance was. Maybe it was the right decision. Uh, then obviously we got the pick, got the short field, were able to move the ball quickly. Uh, and it looked it looked like it was it was going well, uh, but then you see the Chiefs just shrug it off and think, okay, we've got a game here now, and they just they march down the field, uh, their defense uh, steps up, and they get the ball back and they march down the field again. And and what we see, what we see with the Chiefs is is just that relentless ability to move the ball. And I think you, you mentioned at the beginning that the Chiefs played really really well, which is true. But I don't think they had to play at the top of their game uh, in terms of individual performances. We didn't see Mahomes making the great throws where he evades pressure and sidearms it 30 yards into a tiny window. We didn't see receivers having to make outrageous one-handed catches. They just executed a game plan that was set up to, I think, just find all of the weaknesses in the back end of our defence and just avoided the pressure certainly have just avoided Bosa. They just schemed Bosa out of the game. Yeah, they did. Uh, and and what I saw there was, as far as I was concerned, you know, the the offen- what real offensive play calling genius looks like. A team that analysed our defence and sat down and went through their playbook and went, these are all the plays that will just rip holes through this defence. And all we need to do is stay calm uh, and execute and they just went out and did it. And to me, it, a lot of the time, it didn't look like they really had to get out of third gear. Uh, the Chiefs were just able to move the ball without us making them work 
that much for those yards. And I think that's we will get introspective and look at it as a as a Niners loss. But you just have to put your uh, hands up and, and say that was an offense uh, of playmakers at the absolute top of its game. And I think as as the Falcons did, they just had a well organized game plan and they just went out and executed it and showed where our weaknesses are which every every team has weaknesses no matter how good our number one ranked defense might appear on paper we haven't really played a good offense Um, and I think maybe there was a little bit of shell shock there in suddenly what has worked before just being particularly at the back end horrendously exposed time and time again by receivers just running routes, causing confusion, getting open, uh, and an offensive line able to keep Mahomes clean enough that he can just sit there patient, wait for those players to come open and find them time and time again with with fairly simple passes much of the time. It, it wasn't necessarily Mahomes uh, doing his cannon arm and, and, and rocketing things in or, or threading the needle. He didn't have to. I think... Uh, you're right, Gareth. Sorry to jump in. It was no, surgical. Mahomes. Like <laughs> it, well, it was surgical, wasn't he? Like you said, there, he wasn't the Pat Mahomes running around making the plays. And when I looked at the stats, Najee, seven attempts, pass attempts for 184 yards. But they always seem to come at the worst possible time for us. And we talked on Thursday night, gents, about third down. Kansas City, basically, I think, looking at, I think there was six of eight or nine six of eight. Six of nine, nine, yeah. They just seemed to always convert where, for us, third down was just a struggle. And again, adding to their run game, and Kansas City, like you said, Gareth, it kind of was a bit of a, a sober and wake-up call for our defence. Because I've been one of those ones that I've been shouting from the rooftops, we've got a great defence, it could be the best ever. And then, like you said, I mean, 30 points in the second half just tells its own story, doesn't it? So it was difficult to come on and be positive. And before I hand over, the jet sweeps... The Chiefs did it to did it to three times for three yeah. touchdowns. Where was the adjustments? I just couldn't get that. No, but this is what people don't understand that because it's a jet sweep. You think it's it's the outside that needs to defend that. But if you don't get penetration, jet sweeps will always work. You can only disrupt jet sweep by getting penetration because what penetration does is it blows up the guard and the tackle pulling. And then if if the guard and the tackle can't get to the second level, then your linebacker and your corners can beat blocks by wide receivers and make the tackle in the backfield. But if you don't get penetration, i.e. having King Law Armstead working their butts off to do so, um, it's just too easy. It's just too easy to do anything. Um, and and this is the main point, I think, and the real big reason why we lost that game is that we cannot at all generate any pressure up the middle. And there's just... When the QB doesn't have to worry about that, it, you can even if you leave Bosa in touch, it's easy because you see him coming. He's miles away from from uh, f- from where you know the QB is. Um, all you have to do is you know give him a little chip, and by the time it gets to the to the QB, the play is already developed enough, and uh, it's it's just yeah, it's just too easy for them. And then when you're running the ball, same again. If you don't generate penetration and have to account for double teams in the middle, then those guards and those tackles are going to get into a second level and just blow up linebackers. They're like twice the size of linebackers. It's just, and then and then you get, you know, you give up 110 yards on the ground as we did yesterday. Um, uh, to me, it starts there. I think 
for years we've we've said, why did we get rid of Buckner? Amstead's not doing anything. He's not getting any sacks. And now to the last two games, they show what Amstead actually does to the team. It mm. doesn't show on any start line. It doesn't show on film necessarily. But it's just huge, uh, the amount of work that he does and uh, the amount of things that offensive coordinators have to do because he's there. And uh, if they don't account for him, it'll just wreck the play um, and allow somebody else to make the tackle. So, um, yeah, to me, it's there, yes. Yes, Jet Sweeper, very annoying because that's so long and winded and the guy is just running around everyone. But if you don't get pressure up the middle, if you don't get penetration, um, it's just too easy. Well, the stat line, Nadji, that you want for Arm said before Leo Gareth jumped in, is we hadn't allowed an opponent to rush for over 100 yards in the 15 consecutive games when Armstead was on the field. You so you've just said there, buddy, you know, the last couple of games, look, we've just looked empty in that middle, like Absolutely. you said. And the problem is we used to we used to be able to rely on our twos and threes and to to at least be good for a game or two by the time, uh, you know, uh, time is missed by people. But... Uh, Ridgeway and Givens have just been absolutely dreadful. They've just not rise, raised up, rise up, rose up. Uh, <laughs> choose which one you want. Risen up to uh, to the level that you know DJ Jones and um, who did we have last year that is on IR? Uh, Maurice Hurst. Maurice Hurst has been able to to give us and. Yeah, or many who hasn't stepped up when you know when the team isn't playing well. He, he plays well when the team plays well, which is you know easy to do, I guess. Um, obviously, Drake Jackson's still learning, but he was largely completely invisible. And it's just we used to be able to generate pressure with our entire D line, not just a couple of guys. And it's just I think this year is not happening, and uh, there's a reason we left Hyde go, I think, and he's back and. Is showing us why, and we're sorely, sorely missing DJ Jones. Um, I really wish uh, he hadn't gone. Uh, it seemed like maybe uh, the worst off-season loss that we had since uh, Banks is playing all right, you know, compared to uh, Tomlinson. Lee, you've been a bit quiet. Any anything else to add on our defensive woes? Yeah, I think it's worthwhile um, kicking the tyres on Endemiken too. He's a free yeah. agent. He's a free yeah, agent. Absolutely. He'll definitely fill a need that we have at the moment. Um, potentially, if if he sees us as a Super Bowl contender, he may come back and give us a favourable deal, deal as far as salary is concerned. Yeah. Um, but we definitely need to do something if what we've heard is correct about Armstead not being back for another week or two now. And potentially, I mean, Kinlaw, that there's been absolutely nothing come out about Kinlaw, how yeah. he's recovering from that knee injury, which to me... It, it starts, yeah, it yeah. starts alarm bells ringing. The fact we haven't heard anybody saying, oh, yeah, it's progressing quite well. Complete silence is like, oh, God, what's happening now? It's, it's like yeah. what I said in the uh, preview show. Potentially, I, I would hate it to happen, and I said it uh, when I was talking to Jason Hurley, I would hate it from to have to call it a career because of a chronic knee problem without being able to realise its potential at the NFL level because watching him in college, he was fantastic. It was. But yeah, this this feels very much like a Ford scenario, isn't it? it? Does. Where they, we didn't really know what the injury was, and then yeah. it was in, it was out, and it was in, it was out, and then all of a sudden it just never replaced for us. Um, yeah, 
it's uh, it's about time. To, yeah, yeah, let's get Sue if we can afford it, right? I think. Yeah, exactly. I think it's probably a money issue right now, but I, I'm kind of hoping the defensive performance on uh, well last night was just a bad day at the office because yeah, we ha- we have played much much better than that. Um, obviously, we, we're missing the two pivotal parts of the, the defensive line there. That's going to stop the run. That's always going to make it hard. Bosa looked slightly off the pace last night, which you can well imagine. Um, and Mooney Ward, he's come back with a off a groin, groin injury. Telenor Hufanga, he went down at one point, and we were all thinking, has he been hitting the head again? Because his head yeah. did bend on that play. And yeah. it does give you a little bit of concern, looking back to uh, Tuatogavala. Um, when he went down for the second time, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm kind of hoping that it was just a bad day at the office. We regroup. We come up against the uh, the old adversary. Um, God, I would hate it if we got beat off them. So hopefully we'll pick up again, <laughs> and we'll crack on and beat the Rams this mm. Sunday. See the difficulty, Gareth. If your cornerback, which Mooney Ward was on Sunday, is the one leading the way in tackles, and he had ten tackles on Sunday. Like what Nadji said, if you're not getting the pressure up front and then it's bypassing the linebackers, it just showed you how much Kansas City could just move the ball. Mm. And before we move on, like you said, Nadji, we only generated 14 pressures and one sack on Sunday. Yeah. That's not, not good enough. enough. However, I did enjoy Nick Bosa sacking Patrick Mahomes, so there was a slight positive there, Gareth, before <laughs> we move on. Well, I mean, the thing is as well, and we haven't touched on it, but having Ward not practising all week, having Mofanga not practising, all week, pretty much, and Greenlaw was out for quite a bit as well. Yeah, full, full second half. Yeah, yeah, all the second half with a calf injury. So hopefully that's not a long-term issue again because we really need him. Um, uh, who else hasn't practiced? Ebukam didn't really practice. You, you know, all, I always say it, and it, it's so very true. You don't get better uh, playing football by sitting and watching people play football. You get better. By playing football, um, it's such an odd sport, and physically and mentally, if you stop doing it for any period of time, you you become all very uh, disjointed when it comes to it. And I think I, I don't think Ward was quite right because I was really poor from him last uh, last night. Um, and I hope it's the injury and and the time off that's kind of taking a step down. Uh, and I really enjoyed the Ofanga pick again. Um, mm. <laughs> that was that was pretty awesome. He's such a ball hawk. I think, uh, yeah, he's amazing. Um, but I, we can't leave the defense side of the ball without me talking about Jimmy Ward and how utterly useless he is again. Um, he got absolutely scored on that touchdown. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll pull it because he hasn't practiced and he's he's coming back and he's got a broken hand and all that, but. Because you know, I've I've given it credit to other people uh, coming back from injuries, or so give it that to him. But it's not the first time I see him do that. I'm not surprised at all. Um, as I said on the on the pod with Jason, wouldn't surprise me if we cut him at the end of the season, save some some money, resign Tash and Gibson to something a bit a bit cheaper, and uh, yeah, move on from. Uh, yeah, he's so useless, especially mm-hmm. especially as a nickel. Um, uh, it just gives me flashback of when we drafted him and he was injured all the time and being useless. So we won't need to cut him next season because he's uh, out of contract. We only oh, signed is he? Oh, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. We only signed him to one year extension. 
let him go get a compulsory pick for it. But we, yeah. we don't mention Jimmy Ward and we don't mention Hafanga because they are boys, not you. We can't steal your thunder. I know, and I just, you know, it it was painful to watch, and he did have a good tackle, but I just, I, yeah, why, why did he start instead of? Why is JV not playing? He's been so practicing for. Yeah, I was just about to ask that question. So, who, who's decided that uh, Ward should start, and why was the decision made? What was it made purely because of his leadership skills on the field? Yeah, I don't know, but mm. it, it, it's a small price. It, it's a big price to pay just to have some leadership. It is. Um, it is. I, I think I'd have rather seen Lenore at Nickel and Sammy Warmack yeah. outside. Because yeah, or, or, or vice versa, but at least yeah. they're getting reps and getting better, and and they're you know very young players, and you know, yeah. you know, you're not getting anything with Jimmy Ward here. It's just, so yeah. Ambry Thomas came in, and he was torched time and time again. They yeah, were just yeah. picking on him. Yeah, it was. I don't think Lenar played well either. Lee, no, I know. I don't think he did either. No, no, he didn't either. Yeah, you did. Uh, you you were talking about this being perhaps just a, a bad day at the office. Um, but I think some of the signs have been there. You know, the Bears game, they were able to send receivers out and split the zones and get Dante Pettis wide open. They've got other players wide open. We've seen that happen, I think, in every game. At some point, some receivers have just been able to get themselves completely lost and, and there's no one anywhere close to them. And I think we just saw when you're up against the that that much higher level of opposition that the Chiefs were just able to do it time and time again. Is is that just the weaknesses in our scheme or, or is that down to, to players blowing assignments? Oh, it's 100% players blowing assignments, but also it's Patrick Mahomes making it look easy. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, you know, it's just, he's so special and so he's out of this world. You know, when his career is over, I think he'll be up there with with all the greats. Um, you know, is you can't really play zone against him. But the problem yeah. is that we can't generate pressure. And if you can't generate pressure, you can't play man either because you'll get there eventually, or you'll just start scrambling and running. So, yeah, it, it was a kind of damn if we do, damn if we don't yesterday because again, can't generate pressure of the middle, which frees Bosa and many who, which you know. And then you're asking people coming back from injury to cover wide receivers, good wide receivers, which I think we that's the one thing we didn't really do well on the preview is talk about Juju and MVS. And, you know, these names, we kind of glossed over them, but they're, they actually played really well and they're really good wide receivers. So, but yeah, you're asking corners to cover these guys for three, four, five seconds. It's not going to go well for you. You've got to give Andy Reid some credit as well, Gareth. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. The saving graces, we're not going to be playing against Pat Mahomes every week. And like what Najee said, the handcuffed Bosa, they basically they did the jet sweeps, did the motions, they rolled him out. And I think there was a play where Bosa was just, he was frustrated and he was kind of like looking dejected. And I don't think we've ever seen teams do that to Bosa before, but I wasn't worried because there isn't too many teams like the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. And there's no shame in getting beat by them. I think what we're all frustrated at was the manner of the defeat, especially in that second half. I mean, it was only 14-13 at half-time. Mm. You know, I, I certainly didn't think we were going to be sat here today at a 23-44 loss. I think that's why the, the feeling in the group and the fact that we all think Kyle Shanahan's this offensive guru, but Andy Reid showed he's not bad when it comes to this play-calling duty, is he, Nadji? 
No, he's pretty good. He's got the thing is, is uh, he's got an OC and he's a head coach. Um, we don't have them, and um, that's probably a discussion for for the bye week again. Uh, we, we seem to do that every <laughs> every year. Talk about Cow's future, but um, yeah, no, it, it shows. But as I said on Facebook, Andy Reid used to be exactly where Kyle is right now until he won it all. Um, you know, even that run he had with Donovan McNabb and, and the Eagles, they were an amazing offense. They just couldn't win games for some reason. Uh, and it took time and, and a player like Mahomes to get to it. So uh, I think we can move on and talk to the offensive side of the ball and why I think ultimately it's not necessarily all on Kyle. It is a little bit, but not, not necessarily all of it on him. The elephant in the room, gentlemen, Jimmy G. <laughs> Well, there, there we go. I think we've uh, I have a theme tune. We've done what the uh, Chiefs have done and sliced uh, <laughs> up, up our defense verbally, at least. So yeah, offense. Um, what did you make of it? Where do you want to start? Shall we start with Jimmy G? Is is it worth flogging the dead horse of of analysing Jimmy G's performances again? No, I, I, I don't think it is. I don't think it gets. It doesn't do anybody any any good. We all know what he's like. Last night was just a little too many G- Jimmy isms. Um, I can't remember who turned around and said uh, he had a good game. I read that somewhere and I thought they must have been yeah. watching a different game to what I was watching. Yeah, yeah. same, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I was a few beers in at that point and oh, yeah. I, I didn't think he played well. <laughs> I'll, I'll give him his due. He did throw some really good footballs last night. He, yeah, he but he does that, really right? Throws. Yeah. He, do, he does that. He'll throw a good one exactly. and, and then throw the pick in, in the red zone when that's it. down. So that's down what I'm by, saying. Uh, by 10, you know, it's just like... He had a few too many Jimmy-isms. Yeah, mm. absolutely. I mean, what, which one was the worst is the question. If we want to have a bit of fun, is it the safety? Safety. Is it the, the, uh, the fumble? Uh, yeah, the pick? I'm going to have to go safety again. <laughs> yeah, the safety, safety was pretty bad. I mean, Trent did get beat pretty bad on him, but he should, he should have a clock and you, you'll know you're in your end zone. Yeah, that's it. It's it's Jim. It's Jimmy's lack of pocket awareness. I mean, particularly yeah. the situational awareness was when he just stepped forward into the sacks. Oh yeah, oh that uh, was pretty bad. Yeah, just like you know, people. If if you're a fan of Jimmy, you can you can blame the O line, but O O lines can't keep pass rushers away forever. Um, and I I don't think it's been helped. We for a couple of years ago, everybody was talking about how great Kyle was at scheming receivers open. And that seems to have disappeared because the the times receivers are making catches, it's Ajax making contested catches, and it's Kittle and Debo going up to get the high balls from Jimmy. We're we're not finding them open as much as we'd hoped. I know we did it a few times yesterday, but it tended to be late in the game where the Chiefs had just gone into that that prevent defense, which was like, as long as we'll keep you in front of us, we'll let you have a few completions. Um, it was it was frustrating uh, uh, to watch. I think Jimmy's numbers people can point to and say they're pretty good. Like you say, Jimmy can make some good throws, but it's always the same throw. When does Jimmy make a good throw that isn't kind of oh quick release oh over the Up middle? The middle. Yeah. It's it's the it's the one throw he can do, and unfortunately, it's it's again it's too easy to defend, and you know he's not going to scramble. Uh, and yeah, I thought the. He he needs to learn, like as every professional sports person needs to learn, is that they have some deficiencies, and and Jimmy surely knows he's not running away from Andy Reid himself, let alone a, an NFL pass rusher. Um, 
and and he's he's got to have that clock going in his head and think, okay, okay, we're going to have to punt here. I'm just going to get rid of this ball. Ah, it's a safety. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, you, we, we could all see it happening. Yeah, I think I can sum up uh, Jimmy's performance last night with the statement my wife made at the end of the third quarter when she turned around to us and said, right, that's your yearly quarter of Foxtrot, Foxtrot Sierra. You can't use that again because that's all I was saying last night. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, Lee, all I was going to say, because before Neil Watson switched off, is Gareth, we know what Jimmy is. Nadji said it on the last show. He's, he was the backup for a reason. He's shown why we've moved on or trying to move on from him. And like you said, some of the players, like, to be fair, Lee, I was in the same boat as you. I think Tracy disappeared at that point because the what you've just said was definitely being echoed this yeah. way. And I stayed off the game. The day air was turning blue. Reason. Um, I mean, ugh, that interception. I mean, the safety was pretty bad, Nadji, but the interception. Yeah. The only saving yeah, the, grace I, was they didn't convert it. And then obviously when the yeah, I mean, punt went in our way, I thought, oh, maybe we've got that look that we finally need, but yeah, hope quickly and, evaporated. And let's be clear, let, let's just be clear, we are not blaming Jimmy for last night's defeat. He no, didn't, no, absolutely he, not. He didn't help, but we're certainly no, not yeah. blaming him. I only referenced the muffed punt league because I thought that was your key to come in for your boys. Oh, boy, Sammy Womack, yeah. You know, yeah. I was you're up there, mate. <laughs> yeah, he, he keeps on coming up with these special players and I'd, is, yeah. I, I'd, just, I'd love to know what has been said or what hasn't been done in training for, to, to get him demoted after that second game. Because I thought the first two games he played, he, he was very good. He, he had yeah, that one way. Yeah. I mean, he let the uh, the guy go in the end zone. But other than that, I mean, his pre-season was excellent. The first two games were a lot better than what you'd expect from a rookie. And then all of a sudden he's been dropped. There's been nothing said to the reason other than, well, Lenoz looked good in practice. Well, yeah, yeah. So Sammy Womack. So. It's a weird one. Um, I just want to go back quickly to Jimmy because I think a pick is actually the worst because Wilson's wide open on that play for a touchdown. Yeah, um, a and if he reads it well, yeah, he, if he reads the blitz, he just throws that hop and it's an easy, easy touchdown. See, that's the thing though. We, we already know he can't read the blitz. Yeah, he, yeah. He, I, he never ever adjusts the line appropriately to where the blitz has come from, where the pressure is coming from, and yeah. we know that's Jimmy. I think the Chiefs did well to uh, negate Debo Samuel. He only had that one 22-yard reception. Again, it was a high throw from Jimmy. Debo did well. But I thought Ayuk was probably our best receiver on the night for, what, the third consecutive week. I think seven passes for 82 yards. Well, Kittle almost got 100, which was my prediction. But, uh, yeah, I, he, he, had a, he had a decent game, I think. I did enjoy Kittle's touchdown on National Tight End uh, Gareth, and I was rocking my 94 throwback since it was the last time we were going to wear them. But even that throw isn't that good. Like, it's, it's all George. Yeah, <laughs> it is just, all George. It should, it should have lead, led him. It should have been an easy throw. And then yeah. George has to like contest it, and the, the defender's got his hand really close to the ball, and it could have been knocked out so easily yeah he had um, to really work for that uh, touchdown. yeah he really did and then the you know the throw to Danny Gray it's just oh is it Ray McLeod I can't remember the the, the one long throw he tried on Danny Gray uh, sorry I'm piling on Jimmy it was to Danny Gray but the same again that ball needs to be basically on the sideline it's just a guy that shouldn't have to come back for it it's just yeah I'm piling on Jimmy because I to beat the Chiefs, you have to be almost perfect. You know, you have to play a good game. And we did get a bit lucky, you know, the the pick, the 
a muff punt and a missed field goal. You know, we mm. had the chance to potentially put two or three touchdowns between us and them and, and and hope that they don't go on a crazy comeback and we can start running the ball and stuff like that. But when Jimmy plays like that and Kyle goes away from the run game for, for whatever reason, despite us having, at one point, we had like 11 yards per carry. Um, I, I just don't really understand what's what's going on. Um, it's just, yeah. Yeah, Debo played well. Ish, you know, Kittle played really well. Ayuk is really, really good. Um, I think he's definitely our best receiver. But once again, I you you add McCaffrey and you're thinking, is, is that going to make a difference? Because ultimately, the ball has to go through Jimmy, and he's our biggest bottleneck and our biggest cap on what this this offense can do. Uh-huh. Um, I, I'm piling on, but I'm so fed up and and. Obviously, Brock Purdy is not the answer. We all know that. I'm definitely joking. But some of those throws, even though it's in in short coverage at the end of the game and nobody's really playing anymore at that point, um, some of those throws pretty sharp. You, you throws a tight rope. It's, I, I, why not having a look at what that he, can do? You're correct there, Naji. And he doesn't make the receiver work for it either. No. That, that's, that's good that, throws. Yeah, that was the impressive thing. The receiver, he was getting the ball where exactly where they wanted the ball rather yeah. than having to bend backwards or slow down or anything like that. Yeah. Um, obviously, the pick that he threw at the end was a bit of a... Oh, it's a, a, it's, a he's a rookie. One. He's a seventh-round rookie. Uh, yeah, of course he's yeah. going to do that. Yeah, and, and, and full step yeah. there, I think. Um, yeah, absolutely full step, yeah. yeah. You're trying to win the game. You say, OK, let's go down the field. Let's let's do it quickly. He did it in, what, three or four sort of 20-yard passes. And yeah, yeah. Uh, I just thought it, it was something that stood out when he was playing in preseason was the pocket awareness because it contrasted a lot with Jimmy. The fact yeah. that he seemed to have that peripheral vision and timer going, that OK, that guy's going to win. I OK, I now need to move. And he's, and he's just moved. Uh, and avoided that sort of pressure. Um, you're right. I'm, I'm not saying he should be starting, but uh, I do question whether for a lot of the game there would be that much drop-off between Jimmy and Brock. Yeah, I think the yeah. difference between the two is that Brock Purdy come on and his sphincter wasn't twitching like a rabbit's nose. <laughs> I think that's the difference when he's in the pocket. Yeah, I agree. And the thing is, having him in, and maybe I'm, I'm going to start to actually get on that train for real and seriously, but having him in would make us rely on on the on the run game a lot more. And having Christian McCaffrey, um, you know, c- coming in, why not why not have a rookie? Can you just dump it off to to CMC? That's easy to do. Anybody can do that. Um, but at least it would make us not quit the running game because you know you don't really want to put it in his hand. Um, instead of having to put it in Jimmy's hand and praying all the gods and everything in the world that he doesn't do what he did on Sunday. It's, it's not going to happen. Maybe you play well next week against the Rams and then, but then you'll give us another two or three games like this yeah, yesterday. So, I mean, yeah. to be fair on that point, Najee, the offensive line was good in the run game, as in creating holes for the run game, but they were inconsistent in the pass blocking. I mean, like you oh, said, like, we're not blaming Groppolo, we're not blaming the, the team played bad, but I think last night we allowed eight QB hits. We obviously, I think we're going to get onto the team discipline. I don't know whether you guys felt the same as me. Uh, shocking. <laughs> Have you got the stats there, Gareth? I don't know whether I've stole your thunder there, buddy. 
No, no. I, I was penalties, sloppy penalties was the simple words I, I had written. And I think it's easy sometimes you can say, OK, it's an individual mental error by a player. But sometimes I also think is it to do with preparation and, and confidence and belief that when those aren't in good supply, the penalties start to creep in because the players are just not quite in that zone. Um, I don't know what you think, whether it's it's purely down to the individual brain farts or or whether it's a symptom of of something perhaps a little bit deeper. I think it's a symptom of coaching. Yeah. I, I kind of, yeah, yes. I don't know. I feel like it's players trying a little too hard to make it happen. And you go just the extra, you, you know, you hold the guy for that extra half a second, which is too long and it shows or you you know you you really want to get out of your stance really fast and fiery and bam it's a false start or you really want to get to the qb so you're lining up in the neutral zone it, you know all that kind of stuff is it's people trying a little too hard to make something happen sometimes i'm not necessarily think it's just down to coaching um the, my problem is when they happen they all seem to happen after a big play yeah which obviously kind of makes sense because the big player wouldn't have happened other than the penalty uh, you know being there but it's also like oh yeah we go first down on third and seven and for 20 yards it's like, oh there's a flag it's probably a hold or something stupid so um yeah it's the timing of all those penalties isn't ideal at all it was ever. just <laughs> weird because it was both sides of the ball i mean i don't know how you three yeah. felt the joanne jennings one when he shoved the lad when he was clearly oh, out of bounds just... And mm. you just sat at home thinking, what are you doing? You just tacked on another 15 yards on what was a 48-yard return anyway. And that was yeah. just a big momentum shift. And there was a couple where the uh, the defence were called for two penalties on third down, Gareth, and it extended the drives that ultimately resulted in the touchdowns. And you sat at home thinking, oh, God. And like you said, Nadja, you just wait for the yellow flags and you get that sinking feeling. But it was disappointing, Gareth, that we committed double-digit penalties for the second time. We actually got called for 16 but 10 were accepted, so the Chiefs declined a couple, and that was for 80 yards. And yeah. like you said, Nadji, you've got to be perfect against the Chiefs, but that Jennings yeah. one for me, just whether he's frustrated he wasn't getting the ball, Gareth, whether he was frustrated he was on you know, the special teams, you know, and he's, maybe he's got a bit of a high opinion, I'm a receiver, I shouldn't be there. But it was, like you said, Nadji, the wrong time every single time. But I, yeah. I see that you, you talked about the, the players trying too hard. I, I do see that sometimes as a symptom of them not having that much belief in in the system, maybe. That they think, okay, I've got to force this. I've got to make something happen. You know, the only way we're going to get yards or the, or the TD is if I if I give that guy just a little bit of a hold and see if I get away with it. Or, mm-hmm. as, as you've said with, with Jennings, it's, it's a little bit of that frustration that well, we've been gashed open on a kick return again. And, and in, in that split second, we know he's a bit fiery. Yeah, it's a sloppy penalty. Um, it sounds I, I, a little bit like you're saying he's lost the locker room. Well, you, a little bit, maybe. Ayuk's comments. I was going to say we haven't really mentioned Kyle too much. Um, we should, though. I should. think, yeah, absolutely. Hey, people are asking if he's on the hot seat. I think, I think yes, but. I, again, I just take the example of Andy Reid. It's a perfect example because he's on the other sideline and how long it took for him to be a 
where he is now. Uh, he's been in the league for 30 plus years. Carl's been in the league for what, 10, some something like that. And he's had more success than Andre did at the time. Now, do I think he'll lose his job if this carries on like this? Absolutely. Because uh, it, this is a San Francisco 49ers and we don't settle for not making the playoff or, or being below average or even above average. We need to be one of the better teams in the, in the, in the league, in the world, essentially. Um, so I think he is on the hot seat, even though I don't really want to see it because I just don't want to enter that gray area that we were in when Arbo left and then you're just churning whoever wants to come and give it a go uh, because you might not have the, the right candidate at the right time. I just, um, I would much rather, you know, take my time and and see, because we still haven't seen him with Trey. And I think that's that's massive. Um, I've I've really, I think, you know, what we did, Lee and I, what everybody really, uh, we're calling a, a Chiefs win and rescaling our expectation is, I've kind of rescaled my entire season expectation and putting myself, because it's so easy to forget that Jimmy G is a backup QB. Um, and I said it on our Facebook uh, discussion that Neil started. Um, I just pretty much every team in, in the league, apart from the Cowboys somehow, it, and even then when Cooper Rush started the first game, they were like, right, this isn't going to go well. Um, every team in the league who starts their backup QB is really against it to try and win games and stack it and try and make it to the playoffs. Um, yes, yeah, there's the Nick Foles story, but that's completely out of this world. It doesn't happen that often. So I don't think I don't think he's on a hot seat, uh, but I do question his his approach. I mean, that first drive, it was it looked so easy that how we walked down. Why can't he replicate that every drive? I, I just don't really get it. I think. Um... It shows he doesn't have the confidence in his QB, doesn't it, Nadji? And yeah. As much yeah. as I, I did like the discussion in the group, I was going to say, Lee, it shows the community we've got. It isn't just a, we all have to think the same thing. I've liked the discussion. I've liked people's different viewpoints. I mean, I'm like you, Nadji, at the moment, careful what we wish for. I don't think we should move yeah. on just yet. Um, yeah. But equally, you're right, all our expectations... <laughs> I'm known as Mr. Positive. My friends wind me up because I call for a 49ers win every week. I think we win the Super Bowl <laughs> every year. But like you said, I sat down last night as a fan wanting to watch the game. And like we said in the preview show, Gareth, we just wanted to see a bit of consistency and we wanted to see better. But I do think we need to give Kyle that chance with his QB, which is Trey Lance. Mm, and yeah. let's just, to the emotional rollercoaster, Gareth, you know, what I was going to say was take a deep breath, everyone. The season is not over yet. There's a long way still to go. And what do you say, Lee? What's your famous saying now? That's not how you start, that's how you finish. It is. Mm, there you go. I'll tell you uh, what, look. Yeah, I think that's... Sorry, Lee, you were, you were going to weigh in. Yeah, I was just... I, I, I thought you were just about to say, I think that's a good place to finish, because I was just about to say, let's finish on this uh, point that I alluded to in the group. And it was another positive, and I kind of... The way I put it across, it was a very veiled positive that could have repercussions, and I think Nadji's going to absolutely... Hate what I'm going to say now. <laughs> so during the week, during the week, um, well, not just during the week, yeah, the, the lead up game day and something I've seen after game day as well. So I've seen, I think it was four separate tweets from two different people that told a story. These two people was Jed York 
and Jim Harbour. Jim Harbour tweeted out saying that uh, the 49 er tenure was the best days of his life. Absolutely loved it. Um, he's also tweeted to say, you know what, bygones are bygones. You, you move past stuff that happens in the past and everybody's good now. Jed York was saying it's so great having them back um, into Santa Clara. And then there was something else that Jim Harbaugh said, which kind of alluded to, oh, that's it. He has unfinished business in San Francisco. <laughs> Those four tweets. So, I mean... I'm reading the most wild speculation of those four tweets. Mind you, I'm not saying this is going to happen. But just seeing those four tweets told a little story about how that relationship has mended. And I'm sure the way people are feeling at the moment, because they're now questioning Kyle, and they're looking at the type of record that Jim Harbaugh had when he came over his four seasons compared with Kyle. And it was just, it, you, you can't even compare the two. Harbaugh was just so much better. yes. He did lose the locker room at the end of it. He did prove to be more of a, a college coach than an NFL coach. Um, because the turnover of players in college, it doesn't really make that difference if you can lose the locker room after about four seasons. Because yeah. it's generally the senior players that you lose and they're going anywhere and you start again. That's different to the NFL team. All I'm saying is, don't rule anything out. <laughs> well, I think I'll just weigh in on... I'm not sure if Kyle is is so much on the hot seat at the moment, but if you look at the team we've got, if you look how long Kyle has been there, and obviously building the team is is a, a big part of the good stuff that Kyle has done. I'm yeah. not saying that necessarily it's Super Bowl or bust because the playoffs can can throw up oddities and 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 strange plays and refereeing calls. You shouldn't be immediately fired because you fail to win the Super Bowl in any one year. But I think we should look at the roster that we've got and we should say, look, we should be competing at the top end of the NFC. And the NFC is very, very middling this year. And we're we're middling of the middle in terms of, of our results. And I think some of the eye test as well. And I think it is fair to say, why why are we not? Why does our the sum of all the parts seem less than it should be? And I think that's where you start to get fingers pointed at, at the coaching. Uh, and it's not like it's one of these odd aberrations. I mean, Green Bay are really struggling at the moment, and it's the first time in, what, four years from Lafleur, Le, Le they've ever looked like they struggled. But the problems we've got, we've seen this all the time. We saw this exactly 12 months ago at the beginning of last season, the same misfiring offence, and, and we've seen it in bits and pieces uh, in previous seasons before as well. Um, and I think it's if we'd if we'd say uh, we shouldn't have handed the team over to Trey Lance because Jimmy gives us the best chance because we're a win now team. We have got a win now roster and that I think should apply to the coach as well. And we need a win now coach. And with Kyle, you always get the impression of, oh, it'll be next year when Trey's back and then oh, there'll be an injury next year and, and we're not there or or we'll lose someone on the O-line. or And it always seems to be we're almost there. Um, and I think that that excuse is, go, is going to begin to run a little bit thin unless Kyle can do what he did last year and turn it around. And I think last year was based on kind of lucking out a little bit on, on figuring out what Devo could do and, and what, bailed this out last year was a game plan which was just get it to Debo and cross your fingers 
Um, and unfortunately, that's been taken away from us this year. Um, and, and it's a real test, I think, for Kyle to see if he can adapt the offence again uh, and get the best out of Jimmy. Because while we, we have ripped Jimmy a bit, Kyle's clearly not getting the best out of him the way he did a couple of years ago. Um, and I don't know the reason for that, really. So have you got some more positives we can end on before we wrap up? Well, we got CMC. I, let's let's yeah. be positive about that. It's, it's going to be so much exciting to see him take it to the Rams next week and with a full practice and playbook. And the fact that he managed to get, if it was 21 snaps, it's pretty impressive in a game that uh, really mattered, especially he, he had a lot of it early on. So, um, yeah, let's be excited. It's football. It's supposed to be fun. I know we're here. It's, it's not great because we lose, but um, it, it's a, it's about to get a lot more fun, hopefully, and uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, as I said, my expectations are a lot lower now. I just want us to make the playoff at the very least. Yeah. So um, that's what I'm going to root for every week and uh, just having a good game. Well, to be fair, Nadji, I did love your introduction on the, the show <laughs> about CMC when you, you said CMC, baby. I couldn't bring myself to say it, Gareth, at the start of the show, but CMC has brought the bye back and it could be worse. Like you've said, Aaron Rodgers isn't mm-hmm. doing great. The Buccaneers didn't exactly do great against the uh, Panthers. Now, very much enjoyed red zone yesterday, <laughs> watching them two teams struggle. I'm not going to lie. And we've got the Rams. Anybody worried about the Rams? Yes, it's the Rams. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that crashed and burned, Gareth. What about you, mate? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think... I think in the season preview, I think I'd assuming we had Trey Lance, I was going to say, look, as long as we're four and four going into the bye week, we we've got a foundation there that we can we can push on to. We still have the chance of doing that. I think there's the the bye week's going to come at a good time and give these guys like like Hafanga uh, a, a week uh, to recover, uh, maybe yeah. get Armstead back. Uh, there's some tough games in the other side of the. Uh, schedule, but there's some very winnable games, or at least they appeared winnable because um, the Bears look winnable, the Broncos look winnable, um, and unfortunately <laughs> we uh, we we didn't get those. Um, I I yeah, I'm hesitating to say it. I might get unfriended by certain people for this, or I might possibly go to hell. But my uh, my possible uh, positive was uh, Jimmy G and Mike McGlinchey are only under contract for another nine games. Yeah, I am going to hell for that, aren't I? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> anyway, we're moving moving on while I've I've stunned Lee. Um, no, I'm, I'm doing what Paul does. I'm, I'm taking the splinters on my backside because I'm sitting on the fence with that one. <laughs> what I do? What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, a quick uh, public service announcement. Uh, we hope those of you who li- listened to the podcast where we reviewed the 49ers watch party event enjoyed the podcast show uh, and hopefully it didn't turn into too much of a nauseating loving where we all talked about how wonderful everybody is. Um, not our fault. You're all great. Um, but we are interested in any feedback from those that attended the event. So Lee has set up a thread on the Facebook page and it's been good to see plenty of responses so far. So if you'd like to make some comments, go over to Facebook uh, and do read the post before commenting as we need to have your comments in a format that we can sort of process and and digest and analyse. Anything else, lads, before we wrap it up? 
Um, just one more uh, public service announcement. Announcement. Mm-hmm. So everybody that has um, said they wanted patches and um, stickers, the, those that haven't paid yet, could you get the pay payment across to me as soon as possible? Um, the flags have been purchased already. That order's in. Um, I am actually still still waiting for some some payments for that. Um, but I needed to get that in because obviously I'm going out to San Francisco in three weeks' time and I want them for then. Um, but yeah, if you can make the payments as soon as possible, it would be much appreciated. Great stuff. So thanks, lads. Uh, thanks to everyone who listens. Don't forget like, subscribe, comment, and you can feel free to share the podcast or tell your friends about it uh, if you like them that much. We'll be back later in the week to preview next Sunday's game, the matchup against the Rams, which could be exactly what we need or maybe not. So until then, don't have nightmares. Go Niners. CMC. Bang, bang, down the gang. San Francisco 49ers deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep card. Garrison Hurst, stiff arm going 99. Don't get it twisted. One and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline. NDB, greatest owner of all time. Groovy, Walgreens, Bill Belichick. We're all students of Bill Walsh. Don't ever forget.